As you know, we've been in a series called The Struggle is Real, and um, it's just been cool to be able to work, kind of to work our way through this famous part of the scriptures, Psalm 23. We're on our fifth week of this, again, this amazing series, and I believe it's helping us to deal with the challenges that life presents, the real issues and the real struggles, the setbacks, the thing that the things that get us off track in our walk with Christ. You see, the reality is we struggle, we fail, we lose, we grieve, we get confused, we doubt, we fear. But as real as those things are, the cool thing for me has been to just have that reinforcement that our shepherd is even more real to us in our life. We have a real shepherd who is going to help us and lead us and guide us and direct us as we go through life. So let's get started. Here's the interesting thing. The opening verses of Psalm 23, they don't necessarily conjure up images of, of struggle. In other words, they're really quite peaceful and quite beautiful. I mean, if you can imagine the scene that's being set by David, it reminds me of one of those images that you might see on one of those inspirational posters. And you, you know the kind I'm talking about. The kind that has the picture of that lush, green golf course. And on the posters, usually there'd be a word underneath it that says success, focus. I've got one of my offices, focus. You know, these, is, these are the kind of images that I see here. And it feels as though we could make a collage of posters out of just the first three verses of Psalm 23. Because he basically tells us that we have a shepherd who provides everything we need. A shepherd who takes us into these green pastures, maybe at his direction, maybe at ours, choosing, but we have a chance to lay down and rest beside quiet waters, and our soul gets refreshed. He tells us that he leads us on the right path, the path that's going to keep us close to him. You see, the setting that's been established so far in Psalm 23 in these first three verses, I mean, if this is the way life is, then you bet, man, I want him to be my shepherd, don't you? If these are the things that will happen to us. But then the setting changes, and a new image is introduced, starting in verse 4. And so this is what we see. Even if I walk through a very dark valley, I will not be afraid because you are with me. Your rod and your shepherd's staff comfort me. You prepare a, prepare a meal for me in front of my enemies. You see the picture changes. And in some ways the picture is in stark contrast to those green pastures and those quiet waters that are refreshing our souls. I'm not lying down in a place of rest anymore. I'm not grazing in wide open spaces. Now I'm walking through a very dark valley. Or as your version may say, the valley of the shadow of death. Now as I was studying that this week, I, I just looked up that phrase. And it's interesting because there's, in Israel there is a real valley of the shadow of death. It's part of the road from Jerusalem to Jericho that's mentioned in Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan. It was also known as a place where robbers and thieves hung out waiting to pounce on easy prey. 
It's about four and a half miles long. It's very narrow. Its sidewalls can reach peaks of over a thousand feet in places. Travel through the valley is very dangerous. In fact, the sun only hits the floor of the valley at high noon. The rest of the time, the valley is very dark, and every shepherd from the region knows of it. In fact, grazing conditions make it necessary for sheep to be moved through this valley for seasonal feedings each and every year. I mean, David probably had led his sheep through this valley when he was growing up. Now, if the valley is not enough in our lives, he has to add this, that I'm in the presence of mine enemies. Mine enemies. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure that that can be a good thing. Maybe it is. And so with a couple of new verses, it becomes very clear that there are very real threats that are surrounding us and closing in on us. And the darkness presses in and our feet are trying to find their place, not not in the grass of green pastures, but on the floor of a very dark valley, one that's hemmed in by the shadow of death with enemies so close that you can smell them. This is now the scene that is set before us. Now, I suspect that most of us have lived long enough that we're not surprised by a change like that in our lives. I mean, that just is kind of how life goes sometimes, isn't it? I mean, things, are, things can be going along just fine. I mean, the job's great. Our relationships are strong. Our kids are doing awesome in school. We have some extra money. I'm playing golf on the course uh, in the picture that we just saw. But then... All of a sudden, the circumstances of life get turned upside down, and the set changes, and now the struggle becomes very real. You see, now sickness swoops in from out of nowhere. Now the job disappears. Now someone we love leaves or dies. Maybe alcohol or drugs begin to take you captive. Maybe we're still dealing with childhood, childhood abuse or abandonment and depression moves in. And now our steps aren't as sure as they used to be. Now our path is not as clear as it once was and life doesn't seem to make sense anymore. And maybe this is the valley that you are in right now, that you have found yourself in. And you're struggling to remember the images of what life used to be like when the sky was bluer and the sun shined brighter. Because now there's a very dark valley that surrounds you. Now, the setting isn't the only thing that changes in verse 4. You see, the psalm begins with the Lord is my shepherd who provides for me, who leads me to green pastures, cool waters, refreshes my soul, guides me by, for his name's sake. And the whole time, in the first three verses, David's talking about him in the third person. But now with verse 4, as the darkness closes in, he is no longer talking about the shepherd. Now he's talking to the shepherd. He says, I will not be afraid because you are with me. You see, we are not just listening to someone tell us about God, but rather we are overhearing an intimate 
conversation between a sheep and a shepherd, a person and their God. And they're close enough to talk with one another. In the place where the way is rough and the edges are steep and the rocks are slick and the darkness is thick, the shepherd draws close to his sheep. And that brings me to my first takeaway that I want us to get down and to understand, and it's this. We must never forget that the shepherd is in the valley with us. We must never forget that the shepherd is in the valley with us. I cannot tell you the number of times, and I've probably done this myself, but I've heard people, I've sat with them during times of sickness or struggle or even death, and I hear them say, God, where are you at? I don't, I don't sense you, I don't see you, I don't feel you. Where are you at? And we need to understand that he hasn't left us. Because even in the midst of the valley, no matter how dark it is, our God is there. Our shepherd is there. When the shepherd led his sheep through the valley, he didn't abandon them and go a different way and say, I'll meet up with you. He was there with them each and every step of the way. Our shepherd is in the valley. Psalm 23 allows us to eavesdrop on an exchange that occurs in the darkest moments of life between a sheep and a shepherd. After all, David was going through a very intense time in his life. There was hardship and peril and chaos and deep suffering, and they were hitting him from all sides. But the cool thing is this. Our shepherd is not a God who's only to be theorized about. He's not a God who we just observe from a distance. He is a God who is trudging his way through the valley with us. And he is close enough to literally talk to. That's our shepherd. That's our God. And so the question is, do you know him? Do you know him? Have you felt or are you feeling his closeness, his presence in the darkest moments of your life right now? Because if you're in that valley, understand he, he's never left you. He's still there. Now, one of the things that really stands out to me about Psalm 23 is the way that the writer speaks to God. Because it's marked here by a tremendous confidence in the midst of the valley. I mean, circumstances have totally changed from the first three verses, but the word from the one who was wedged in the middle of the valley is this, I will not be afraid because you are with me. Now, here's what I find interesting. Psalm 23 is not the only time that someone from the Bible has talked to God in the valley. Joshua talks about the valley of calamity. Psalm 84 talks about the valley of weeping. Hosea talks about the valley of trouble. As we come into the New Testament and we come to the very end of Jesus' life and we picture him and we see him and we hear those words as he struggled in the garden and the Bible says that he literally sweat great drops of blood. He was in a valley. And then he cried out these words from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And all those emotions are real, and they felt them, you felt them, and I've felt them. 
That's part of what happens when the set of life changes and the rug is pulled out from under us and we find ourselves in a dark valley. And what we need to understand is this. There are times when it's okay. It's okay to cry out to God in frustration. It's okay to cry out to God even in anger, but there are other times when we when maybe we need to respond like David did in these verses of Psalm 23. Because you see, even though hope is wearing thin and he finds himself in the middle of life's dark valley, this time he doesn't cry out. And this time he doesn't question. This time he's not afraid. He just says, even if I walk through a very dark valley, I will not be afraid because you are with me. And then he adds these words. Your rod and your shepherd's staff comfort me. Now, one of the things that I've discovered in my life personally is this. When the set of, sets of life change and the rug is pulled out from under me, there are times, and maybe you have felt this as well, that I feel very ill-equipped to handle the change that has just happened. Ever felt that way? We feel very ill-equipped to handle the valley, the dark spots of life. Maybe you just lost your job after 20 years and you never thought you'd ever have to look for a new one. Maybe your spouse leaves you or your parents split up or you feel like you have no resources for dealing with the anger that you feel. Or a loved one dies and it feels like there's just no way you'll ever get through it. You see, it's in those moments when we're plunged into the valley and we think that we will never be able to handle what's coming next that, that I want you to never forget this next takeaway and it's this. We have a shepherd who is well equipped. He is well equipped to take us through the valley. You may not be equipped, but he is well equipped. He is not empty handed. His rod and his staff will comfort and it will protect us. And we have to never forget that. Now, the rod that the shepherd had was like an extension of his hand. It was roughly between two, two and a half to three feet long. And it was fashioned as a weapon to be used against predators. And the staff was used to, to press against the sheep, against their side, to guide them to sure footing. The hook was used to draw them back when they would stray from the path that the shepherd was leading in. I love the words of Jesus in John chapter 10, verses 20, starting verse 27. Look what he says. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Get this. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me. And get this, he is more powerful than anyone else. I mean, how awesome is that? To understand that when you're in the valley, no one's going to snatch you out of the Father's hands. Because he is more powerful than anyone or anything you're going through. If you stay close to the shepherd. He says, no one can snatch them from my father's hand. Here's the thing. You may feel like you've been abandoned or forsaken, left to do life alone. 
And if that's you, would you just listen for a moment to the quiet and sure voice of Psalm 23 and recognize the truth of what David is saying. And it's this. We have a shepherd who is right there with us in the middle of the darkness, in the middle of the valley, and he is not empty-handed. He will protect. He will provide. You see, this psalm invites you and pleads with you to believe that. It's trying to convince you by letting you overhear an intimate conversation between someone who's been there and someone who has brought him through it. I mean, just think about David's life. David faced numerous attacks from wild beasts. He stood before a giant. He escaped repeated attempts by others to take his own life. His own people revolted against him. He buried his son. He waded through the immense guilt over his sin of adultery and murder. He suffered the turmoil of a dysfunctional family. Let me tell you, his family was so dysfunctional, it would make the Kardashians look normal. I mean, that's how dysfunctional he was. He's not, and through all of this, he is not shaken. Through all of this, he is not afraid. Because his shepherd is with him. He finds comfort and confidence by trusting in and staying close to the shepherd when the valley is dark. Here's the thing. In the valley, this is where trust is fashioned. And in the valley, this is where faith is formed. Which brings me to this next takeaway, and that's this. It is really easy to have faith when the sky is blue and things are going great, but faith is tested and proven by how you handle the adversities and the valleys of life. I mean, it's really easy to have faith when the sky is blue and the sun's shining bright. Your life is going great. You got a good job. You got a great family. Your kids obey. They're doing great in school. You got tons of money coming in. I mean, it's really easy to have faith when things are going really good, but when the rug is pulled out from under you and the set changes, that is when faith is tested. And that is when your faith is proven. It's not proven in the good times. It's proven in those times when you go through the valleys of life because it's in these times faith is developed through the paths we walk when our steps are unsure and when we can't see where we're going and when we can't find a solid place to stand. It's here that we discover if our faith is really, it's here that we discover if our faith is really our faith or if we've just been trying to get by on somebody else's faith. Now there's something else that we need to understand and it's this. Our shepherd leads us on the right path. He leads us on the right path, but never forget that the right path also may be the hard path or the dark path that goes through the valley. And I believe several things and reasons why this may be. One is because I believe that he does that because he knows that that's what we need in order to grow in our faith in order to grow, to become more like him in our life. But another reason that we may go through that hard path that leads through the valley is because there are times 
when those valleys come because we have lost our way and sin has redirected our path. And so the decisions and the choices we make send us down the wrong path of life. Or I also believe that there are times when our circumstances have brought us there. But regardless of how we get in the valley, we can know that we have nothing to fear because the shepherd is with us and he is not empty-handed. And he wants us to grow in our faith. He wants us to learn how to trust him through the valley. Maybe that's why James could write these words in James 1, starting in verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, in other words, matured, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, before we close, I want to spend a moment on the last part of this verse where it says, you prepare a meal for me in front of my enemies. Now, I've, I've memorized that for years. I've read it, looked at it, but never really thought about it in the sense of, what is he really telling me here? So I began to really think about this verse this week, and so three questions came to my head, and it's this. First of all, why would God prepare a meal for me in the middle of the valley? I mean, why would he prepare a meal for me in the middle of the valley? I mean, after all, most of the time, it's when we get through the valley that we kind of celebrate, isn't it? And we, we say, yay, we got through this, we're, and we have this big feast, we have this big meal, and so we're prepared. But why is God preparing a meal in the middle of the valley? And the second question that came to my mind was this. I mean, who are these enemies? I mean, who are they? And then the third is this. Who invited them to join me for dinner? And so to help us, to help me, I looked at the meaning of three, three key words, prepare, meal, or in some versions, table, and then the word enemies. The Hebrew word for prepare means to arrange, set in order, furnish, ordain, to lay out, or set in a row. God is not just preparing as you and I would prepare eggs for breakfast. Get this. He is ordaining something special for you. He is arranging things. He's laying things out. He's setting them in order. And think about that. Right in the middle of your valley, God is ordaining, preparing something special for you that will help you get through the valley that you're in. He's already ahead of you. I mean, he's already, you know, working upstream before you even get there. Now, the word or the Hebrew word for meal, or in some versions, table, means a spread. It can also mean a feast. That's why contemporary English version says, you, you treat me to a feast while my enemies watch. And this leads me to my last takeaway, and it's simply this. And this is the thing that kind of helped me this week and helped me over the last month as we were dealing with things in our management team with the church plant because this is what we kept coming back to in some ways. It's this, most if not all of the time, God does not protect by pulling you out of the valley. Understand that. He doesn't protect you by pulling you out of the valley. Instead, 
He chooses to provide, prepare, ordain, set in order a meal or a feast that has everything we need in order to survive while we're still in the valley. And he does so right in front of our enemies. I was talking to a couple people between services, and I really liked what they said because it was a great point. They said, you know, especially from military terms, and you guys, so many of us, uh, so many of you are military in here. You've been in a valley. You've been in these valleys. You know these places that you've been surrounded in. They said one of the things that happens is the enemy wants to keep you from being fed. And let me tell you, our enemy wants to keep you from being fed when you're in those valleys. And so God says, I'll, I'll just give you everything you need. I'll feed you. I'll give you everything you need so that you can get through the valley that you're in. And he does so right in front of our enemies. So the question again is, who is our enemies? I love the story of the six-year-old girl who got in trouble. Uh, the parents had invited the pastor and his wife over, and they were sitting down for dinner. And because she had gotten in trouble, her mom said, Honey, you're going to sit at your little table over here in the corner because you, you were bad and you're going to be punished. And, and if you can't act right, then you're just going to stay there. So she went over there and she sat down. She had her little plate of food. And the, the adults are just getting ready to pray when they hear her yell as loud as she can, Lord, thank you for preparing a meal for me in the presence of mine enemies. <laughs> that is not the enemies I'm talking about here. The word for enemies means adversary. It means to be in affliction, be saged, to bind up, to be in distress or oppress. The word enemy here does not mean, uh, just mean a singular force that is against us like Satan. It's much more than that. The word enemy here is the distress, the adversity, the trouble, the oppression, the affliction, the divorce, the sickness, and the list, and your list can go on and on. It is those things that have put you in the valley. That's the enemy. God doesn't pull you out. Instead, in the midst of the valley, he provides a meal for you. Right in front of all those things that have put you there. So that you will understand his protection and you'll understand the fact that he's going to bring you through. So I thought about this and I thought if I was going to paraphrase this and put it in terms that would help me, this is what it'd be. It would say this. God, you've arranged, you've set in order, you've ordained with great attention to detail an amazing feast of all the right provisions that I need as I go through this dark valley. And this feast of provisions is piled high and it stretches out as far as I can see. And it's there. It's right in the middle of my distress and my pain and my anger and my troubles, my grief and my sickness and my afflictions. And even though you haven't pulled me out of this valley, you have provided everything I need in order to get through this valley. That's our shepherd. Let's reflect. Adam's going to come and he's going to play. Maybe you found yourself in a very dark valley. Maybe fear has hijacked your thoughts. 
Maybe fear has hijacked your emotions and they're just running wild. Maybe you're wondering, is there anything that can settle me down? Is there anything that can bring peace and comfort in the middle of this dark valley? And I want you to understand that Psalm 23 says, yes, there is. There is a shepherd who will give you that peace and comfort. And it's available to you even in the dark places of life. And all he asks is that you stay close to the shepherd. You stay close to his side. And he'll lead you and he'll guide you. So, maybe the question we need to go back to is this. Do you know him? Week one, our takeaway was simply this. The Lord can't be your shepherd until the shepherd is your Lord. Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Has he become your shepherd? I don't know what valley you may be in, but I guarantee you in a group like this, there are those of you who are going through a valley. Some of you may just be at the beginning point. Some of you may be right in the middle of it. Some of you may be able to see the light at the end and you're working your way through. But all of us are probably have been or, or we are in that valley. And just remember, your shepherd is with you. He is well equipped to provide you with everything you need to get through it. And he has prepared an amazing feast, an amazing spread of everything you need in order to survive. You see, the interesting thing is, in that valley in Israel, during that seasonal time, shepherds would lead their sheep through the valley, knowing that on the other side was this lush green pasture that would feed them. Never lose sight of the fact that God is leading you to something greater, something more. He's going to feed you and not leave you in your life. I don't know what decisions you have or what you need. Maybe you just need prayer today because of what you're going through, the struggles you have. Maybe you just need to make Christ a part of your life. Maybe you need to accept him today or make this church your home. Nathan and Lindsay Hunsaker came in the first service and they placed their membership and we baptized them between the services. Maybe that's what you need in your life. But as Adam plays, I just want to encourage you to come if there's anything you need, anything we can pray about with you today, let's reflect.